Racing. Green light, they're set to go. Green light's on. Set for a start. Kablenz is holding on. Cut glory for Kablenz. But it is all heart style Rico, and he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne Cup in. Yes, a very good morning, good afternoon or good evening, depending on where you're listening to the Green Light On and when you're listening to the Green Light On Premier Racing Podcast. It is all happening at the moment. We're counting down toward the big carnival of spring greyhound racing, which isn't too far away. And as we mentioned on last week's show, the Meadows and Sandown almost becoming one. And straight off the top as I welcome Jason Adams to the podcast. Jace, the... The word around Saturday night, Greyhound Racing at Sandown Park, it, it seems a little bit unusual, and I, I've sort of related it, I guess, to the AFL Grand Final and that traditionalism around it being a, a, a daytime Grand Final, but I love the idea of, of Greyhound Racing at Sandown Park in Melbourne on a Saturday night with the best Greyhounds going around in the country. It doesn't get any more exciting than that. Yeah, hello to you, Jim, and you're spot on. I think this that... Um that sort of regular viewing of those stretch of Saturdays week to week is going to be great. Of course, we heard the announcement just a couple of days ago about the the broadcast uh, being on, on racing.com, which is a huge thing for the sport. So it's going to be a big period. We know that the weather's starting to get a bit better. We always get close to 40 finals and the things start to change. The big races come around. So it's going to be a big build up and, yeah, it could be more exciting for what's ahead. Yeah, we've had a couple of warm days just lately. When I say warm, it's probably been about 14 degrees, but the sun's been out, the grass has been growing. Exactly. And you just get the feeling of, of the spring carnival of racing just around the corner, not just in the greyhounds, but but all codes. And as you, you say, that, that racing.com deal, it's it's really exciting stuff, I think, for the, the greyhound industry because in the past, obviously, we've had Thrill at the Chase on free-to-air, and, and I think that even attracts a completely different audience to what racing.com does. So... Um, you know, I think we're going to see more thoroughbred punters getting involved in, in greyhound racing and, and not just involved punting-wise. I mean, Jamie Carr's now involved in greyhound racing. I noticed her name in the form guide the other day and obviously Campbell Rewilla. There's so many people now getting involved in greyhound racing from the other codes. 100%. And there's a lot of names too that um, aren't exactly uh, uh, publicly known to be involved in dogs that are that are getting involved and underlying getting involved as well because they haven't been for a while, but since the, the sport's in the state it's in and um, snowballing in the, the manner of which it is, people think, geez, I need to be a part of this thing. So it's going to be great. I think it's going to be really important uh, from that coverage point of view that we sort of get right on the back of whatever Metro meeting it is during the day uh, in the gallops just to, to carry over that uh, that audience, but clearly a, a huge opportunity. So it's going to be good. Um I've got no doubt to be people around the country tuning in on those Saturday nights, scroll through the Foxtel Guide and see uh, whatever it is, Melbourne Cup night, Top Gun night, Phoenix night, they're going to tune in and, and hopefully not turn off. Run of the week. Now, Jace, I've allowed myself to break the rules and chat about a greyhound who won on Sunday. Normally it's the Thursday night meeting that we focus on, but a greyhound went around on Sunday by the name of Extreme Force. Now, I think it's fair to say this dog's got a few tricks in his bag, but uh, he brought his A-game for the Ennis Kennel to Sandown Park on Sunday afternoon, and we had a bit of a chat off-air mentioning that this was the uh, fourth quickest greyhound ever around Sandown Park and the sixth fastest overall time. Here's Extreme Force winning at Sandown Park in 28.931. It's astonishing speed. Ready. Racing. Extreme Force out like a shot wide. Out favoured roll straight over to lead easily. Settling down to Cat's Girl Ox the man. 
and then Bruce's Rustley Darnham Destroyer, Peace of Heaven and Crimeville and Neptune. Out of the straight and the short price favourite Extreme Force took off. Race seven lengths in front now to Ox the Man, followed by Bruce's Rustley Darnham Destroyer going around Cath's Girl. Well back, Peace of Heaven, Crimeville and Neptune, but Extreme Force a minute clear. Turns well out in front of Ox the Man and Extreme Force runs them into the ground to win brilliantly. 12 lengths on the line to Ox the Man and Bruce's Rustley, followed by Darnham Destroyer on the rail, Cat's Girl, Peace of Heaven and Crime. Absolutely elite performance, that one, Jace. And uh, were you a little bit surprised, I guess, when you, you scrolled through the form on Sunday and, and to see one go 507, 1854, 2893? It's in the same class of the hardstyle Ricos, the, the Aston Rupees, wow, she's fast. It's, they're the only three greyhounds that have gone faster, and this is just a Sunday afternoon low grade race. He's in the same conversation, there's no doubt about that. And I tell you what, Jim, going through the fields, he didn't spark my interest as a racer yeah, should watch. I had someone else tell me, uh, you, might want to, you might want to watch this one. I was sitting at Marvel Stadium about to watch my Swannies and I tuned in and thought, oh, hang on, we've just seen something fierce here. So mm. you're right, he's got a few tricks. There has been some people around a bit negative about the, the fact that we're promoting um, one like him, but fair income. He's broken 29 seconds and it's one of the best performances that we've seen in, in recent months for sure. So... Hopefully he goes on with it. That's going to be the challenge, isn't it, Jim? Thursday's preview. We move on from Sunday, mate, and that 100% is going to be the challenge as he rises through the grades, extreme force. But I think no uh, no two ways about his ability. He is a superstar. And, uh, look, you just hope for, for connections. And the Ennis camp have done a really good job thus far that he can continue on. And I think we'll be chatting, him in, chatting about him in this segment, the Thursday night preview in not too long. Let's go through 12 races Thursday night, tomorrow night, mate. First race at nine past seven, finals of the... Uh, the state finals of the, the national championship. So it's a massive night of racing. And we kick off with race one, which is tough. Not really sure how to, to see this race, but I think Hector Forley was really good here last week, 29.33. That was first go at Sandown Park. Maybe doesn't always begin as well as he did last time, but this son of Bernardo looks to have a, a lot of ability and drawn beautifully in box number one. Well, Ian Cockwell does say that he's the fastest that they've ever had, which wow. is a fair statement given the, the ones that they've produced over the time. So I think a lot of people thought I was mad uh, tipping um, them into him in a head of the St. Ledger at about $20, but certainly backed it up last week. It was terrific. So box one can't be a bad thing, and to me, the one to beat. One who's starting to really put it together in race two is Mapunga Raider. I think he's drawn a, a lot better in box one uh, than he was last start from box number eight. You go to his Meadows runs, 29.90, 29.97. One of those being from this draw. He's the runner to beat. I don't think there's two ways about that. But uh, Monique keeping as well, a, a bit of a smoky drawn box number four, of course, uh, one of a few that went over to Adelaide for the puppy series over there and, and was the, the victor defeating a couple of the strong kennel mates, which we see Angus keeping in this race. But... Oh, look, Mapunga Raider, a touch of luck from the inside. He'll, he'll be very hard to beat. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to take him on, Jim. He's a pretty big unit and doesn't necessarily show a heap of toe early on. So I went with Manette Keeping, who had the the fastest jump time or the first 20 metres out of Sunday's meeting. So I think she can step to the front and hopefully hold on. All those stats are available too, aren't they, Jace? The, the fastest jump time and everything else. How, how do our listeners get that information? Exactly right. So head to sandandgreyhounds.com.au. You can either do that and forward slash splits or you can follow the prompts when, once you get there. So a bit of momentum starting to build. I think the, the awareness is, is starting to get around that they're available and they're worth looking at too. So uh, compare and, and really break down the performances of these dogs and, and compare 
um, when you're looking at a race like this, so very important. My advice would be do exactly what you did, the early speed off the mat. That is the key to winning races. Race number three, one of my better bets of the night, this one, Red Reactor. He, he's a serious type. I would love to have maybe had him drawn even in box two outside of my Neo because I have a little concern that my Neo is going to try and cut him up in the run to the first corner, but I think if he can avoid that, uh, he's, he's clearly the runner to beat. One of my better bets of the night, Red Reactor. Serious type, you're not wrong. I went with my Neo and, and similar reasons for the previous race. I just think he can step ahead of Red Reactor. Um, he can run around yet at 29.50, 29.60. So doing that out in front, uh, that's the reason why I went with him. Tell you what, race four, the green light on podcast, mix four and five, staying race. I'm with my father's son now. There wouldn't be too many greyhounds around that have only won nine races but have clocked over $100,000 in prize money. He's been a, a bit of a war horse, a bit of a warrior, just keeps fronting up over the staying distance. And, and credit to the Chilcots who've done a wonderful job with him. And I think this could be the right race for him. A little bit like it was five starts ago. Probably not going to get that price this week. But I think there's a few in this, chase that may struggle the end of 700. And old my father's son, he'll pull the whip late and just keep on running. And if he's out of contention mid-race, don't worry about it. He's yeah. just going to keep coming. And I reckon, Jim, there'd be very few greyhounds who have had more starts and blinkers than what my father's son yeah. has. He's a very good operator. Didn't like the race. Glad it's not a part of the karate. karate. I went with number four, Grayson Bale. I think she can find the top and hopefully keep punching for a long way. Race five, mate. Uh, El Dorado's a, a pretty early scratching in this race. I'm with Paddy Wants. Pat's won a free-for-all here a couple of starts ago. No reason why. Paddy can't do the same once again. I agree. He's got no pressure really on his outside. So he did run home in it a fair bit better than what he did the start prior. So third up over 500, should be hitting his straps and I think he wins as well. I'll be honest, mate. Race six, I've got absolutely no idea who wins this race. Corner start, such an even field. Box draw, there's probably none that are really advantageous compared to others. So I don't know, Jace. Can you tip us into one that we can both follow? No, only because I have to. Um, Octavia Bale, okay. number t- watched her last week. Just talent inside draw is probably going to be up her rally. So um, I went with her at a reasonable sort of price. How'd you see it? Oh, mate, I had no Outside idea. Outside of being a mess. Nah, mate, look, maybe I'll go the read if I had to, to pick one. Street of Dreams, but we'll go with the one and two. They're the best two drawn, but it's, yeah, it's a tough race to try and sort out. Race seven, Victoria National Distance Final. Uh, the Vicks hoping to, to head to New South Wales, so we need a couple of strong greyhounds to head up there and represent the big V. And I think there'd be none better than Jarek Bale. He's, he's I'd say he's gone to a new level the last fortnight. Um, the win at the Meadows... Uh, was outstanding. Last start, defeating Aston Pablo. It was just a, a run of fitness, I suppose. But the win, the start prior at Sandown, defeating Kalinda Lady. I, I think we spoke about this on the podcast. That was just about the run of his career. Huge performance it was. I mean, the rain was coming down. And, yeah, I agree. After that, just look look back and at him and, and who he is and think, geez, that's one of the better runs we've seen. So I'll be with him as well. And interesting to note as well, Gypsy Wyong, who we know has been a star for some time now, She's in a bit of a Fernando Bale situation from 2015 because she's the, the top-ranked greyhound um, amongst the staters. So she only needs to compete in this race to advance to the national final. So she's first up for a month, just needs to go around um, to make her way to the final. So I'd keep that in mind when assessing her, but I think Jarek Bale is going to be hard to beat. Race number eight, mate. Zippy Tesla, the one here. Just drawn beautifully off box number one. Dusty Burbsky will run a little bit of cover early. If Tesla's close, he's got as strong a 500-metre finish as just about any dog in the game. 
magnificent last week. He just was an absolute bull. Elbows out. He was terrific. But I went with Dusty Burbsky here, number two. And you, you speak about that speed off the mat. He had a length on Zippy Tesla's time off the mat last week. So I think he can step to the front. He doesn't have that pressure that he had last week um, surrounding. So I think he can uh, run a good race. Race number nine, it's labelled the splits available for all runners, which we've given the biggest plug I think we've given for, for just about anything on this podcast uh, this this episode. But on with Let's Win Coin. Except has, for you taking hangers. Yeah, well, that always gets a run somewhere, mate. I find a way to jam yeah. that in. Let's Win Coin, I think, the runner to beat here. Just uh, down in class. So often you see them where they've been racing at the elite level for so long, they go back to a grade five and they bolt in. So I, I think that uh, Let's Win Coin will be winning. Yeah, top draw, good pace. I think should be winning as well. Short of Red went well last time at Warrigal. I, I didn't think that he could clear them from box eight, and he did. So he's one to, to keep a close eye on. Race number 10, I'm a huge fan of modern Kalinda, but I also like Call Me Buster. So I found it hard to separate the pair. I'll probably wait just to see what the prices are doing on the night. And if Call Me Buster eases out to a, a nice each way, I'll probably have a play there. But I think modern Kalinda, if, if this Greyhound can get a half a clean run, which it hasn't had of late, it'll be very, very hard to beat. But yeah, I've I, I found it hard to separate the two and the four. Yeah, she looks really handy, modern Kalinda. Good run last week. She was crunched early, still got home in, in 10.49, which is really strong. So she only needs a clear crack, Jim, and I think we're going to see her do uh, see her do something really impressive. Yeah, I'm with a veteran here in race 11, mate. Uh, race 11, number two, Tough Tears. I just think he's been reliably beginning well. He's pretty keen for the inside. 10 of his 17 wins have come from either box one or two, and his last five runs have all been wider than box five, and he's been good. He showed early speed. He's put himself into the race. So, look, he's going to be an each-way price, but I think he's probably my value runner of the night, race 11, number two on the each-way. I initially thought exactly that. He's probably going to step ahead of the one and be sitting pretty there on the fence, but I just thought with a, a lack of early toe in this field, one like Tinsley Bale from box mm. number eight and go whack, she's... A bit up and down in her form, but just reading this, I thought she could just find the top here. We're going to see her find it. So at a price, I think she's a real roughie of it. I went with her. I've got no idea about race 12 either. Um, honestly, too, I, I'd, I'd back when it comes to splits that, that uh, she'll lead them up early. But, yeah, look, I, I'm probably going to go with her based on that early speed and the fact she has got a 29.51 PB um, at the track. But I, I don't think she's a genuine 500-metre dog, but she's probably going to pinch it. If Clips gets across from box number seven with 600-metre form, I expect him to run well as well. Yeah, I'm with honestly too um, as well. Just that early pace, you'd expect her to bring it. She's going to find the top. And remember Graham Joe saying a few months ago, he's got some, some pretty high praise for, for this girl. And interesting as well, Jim, to note the syndicate name, Two ladies and a bitch. So I assume that the bitch is honestly two, but I think we might leave that to the Carly Feldham and, and uh, Tanya Sinkoff to sort out yeah. for us, which is an explosive type. Could be our man Graham Jose, and they're, they're just laying into him with the, uh, the syndicate name. Yeah, no, we'll see what happens there, but good luck to him, no doubt about that. Punters, punting club. Going to kick it off here. Punters, punting club time. Jason's got the lead from me and Smithy, slowly starting to, uh, to gain momentum and, if you tuned into Saturday's show, Jace, Smithy finally tipped the winner. I think it's just about the first one he's had um, since the new financial year and his bank account's been draining. But 
he, he, mess- he sent me a message afterwards and he goes, yep, great, finally got a winner. But I took a multi with the one that he liked and something else. And he's like, I finally got a winner, but you still managed to make more money than he's I did. He's been trumps. Yeah, he's, he's, oh, had, he'd be flat. he's flat all right. He's done it tough, but good for Smithy to get back on the board. But, Chase, you're the leader. I was going to kick it off, but, mate, you're uh, you're the clubhouse leader. How do, you, how do you make a dollar with the $50 gamble responsibly on the Punters Punting Club this week? Well, I'm using the whole pineapple. I'm not going to chop it up. Race five, number four, Paddy wants Pats. So just think he's got a place to the fire. Um, no pressure on his outside. We know how good he can be. So race five, number four, Paddy wants Pats for me. Jim, what about you? How are you oh, you're using that juicy pineapple? I'm breaking mine down to the last cent. So I'm having $12.50 each way on race three, number one, Red Reactor. And oh, then, we're getting technical here. Yeah, oh, you have to, mate, because I've just got to claw my way back. Um, you know, it's a, it's a long race, so there's no mm. need to, to get away to a quick start. And I'm also keen on Let's Win Coins. So I'll have my other $12.50 each way. So it's a little bit of a, a cautious bet from a punter who's just starting to pick up a bit of form and doesn't want to get carried away but good luck uh, again tomorrow night Jason yeah look mate it's exciting times for Sandown and the Meadows moving forward so I guess as well mate from from this point on we start to see the Greyhounds I guess start to to work out their campaign to, to try and win a Melbourne Cup so it's it's pretty exciting over the next few months. It is it all starts from here and look once we get past August it's, it's full throttle so those state finals Thursday night, there's state finals all around the country as well. So it's about an hour of power on Sky during that period. So make sure you tune in there. Inside Info. When you come on the Inside Info segment the first time, you are just a special guest. But when you come on a second time, you become part of the green light on Premier Racing family. And this next guest is exactly that. I speak of Lisa Dalbridge, who's good enough to join us on the podcast for a second time. How are you, Lise? Good, thanks, James. Hey, you must be pretty thrilled with that intro. Part of the green light on Premier Racing family. It's an elite royal family. I feel very honoured. <laughs> <laughs> so you should. This is like winning a big race coming on this podcast, Lee. So we appreciate you coming on. But uh, this dog of yours, Jarek Bale, I mean, he was labelled as run of the week last week with the way he won at Sandown Park in 41.63. And myself and Jace had a bit of a chat about him. Uh, we sort of both thought it was the biggest run of his career. I know it wasn't a group race, but the way he won was just extraordinary. Yeah, it was. Um especially coming off the run at the Meadows in the uh, fireball finally. Uh, Mark's always said, he goes, I reckon he likes Sandown better. And he proved it that night at Sandown mm. that he does like Sandown better. He just, he sort of, um, yeah, left him for dead really. Oh, it was an enormous run and we all know, all know the ability of Kalinda Lady. He, he's then gone to the Meadows on a Wednesday. You found him in a in a very well-graded race for a dog of his ability. Was was that run purely just to, to keep the wheels spinning, I guess, before this particular event? Yeah, it was. It, um, we sort of thought that they probably wouldn't put another uh, free-for-all on at Sandown last Thursday. So uh, Mark noticed that they'd advertise a special event over the 7.30 at the Meadows. So he thought, well, if they get enough noms, we'll go there. And as it did, they did. And, um, yeah, he, just, just a nice little confidence booster for him, I suppose, as well, to going into... Um, Thursday night at Sandown. Has he surprised you in the last, I guess, couple of months? I know last time we spoke before it was at the the Sandown Cup, and he went forty one twenty nine or something along those lines in the lead up to that. 
and that was a bit of a surprise. But has it has it surprised in the sense that he has become such a, a genuine stayer and, and such a strong dog? Because I think even then he was he was setting it up with really good early speed, but just of late he looks to have gone to a new level in the in the way that he finishes off the staying runs. Yeah, I mean back in back in that that when he did run that forty one twenty eight, it was like oh, he, you know, is it just a one off thing or? But we had sort of questioned whether he was the true seven hundred meter dog. But I mean, over the few months he's developed and he's not actually jumping as quick as he he normally does now. He's sort of he gets out and then he musters and he gets himself in a good position early enough for him to um, finish over the top of him and. Um, I think he's getting stronger. Yeah, and a question from, I guess, the trainers out there who are, who have a nice, strong dog. At what point do you, as a as a training team, make the call to say let's let's have a go at the seven hundred? Is it is it a matter of going five hundred, seeing if they're finishing off? Is there a mark that you like to see them run home in, and then do you go six hundred and then seven hundred the same way? Um, yeah, I, ideally, you know, they have to be able to run five hundred. I said, but but then I suppose once you run out of grade. The next step up is 600 if you think they can run 600. Yeah. Um, you go by their finish home, run home times and whatever else. And, and he simply got outgraded mm. over 600 and couldn't find, you know, races. So we stepped him up to 650 and 660 and he, he, he managed to run them out okay. So Mark goes, well, I've only got one shot. I might as well <laughs> put him over 700 and see what he could do. So... And that's how it's sort of, yeah. You probably haven't been afraid to do that in the past as well. Obviously, with the Greyhound who won the Sandown Cup a couple of years ago, he, he probably wasn't a true stayer, but he just had that much brilliance. And, and probably the same as Jarek Bale when he stepped up to 700 metres, that they can they can set races up leading from the front and, and you probably don't have to be the strongest of stayers to, to hold on and win. No, that's right. I mean, and, and we look at it, if you don't give it a go, you're never mm. going to know. So um, if it didn't work, well, then... You're stuck in a position where where do you race him? But I mean, there's always you know middle distance races sort of around around. But um, yeah, just thankful that um, he can can run the the 700. Well, Lise, we're cheering for you to win uh, this week, win tomorrow night, represent Victoria because I think he'd be a he'd be a worthy greyhound to represent Victoria in New South Wales in the nationals in a couple of weeks' time. So good luck there. But before yep. I let you go. Is, is there one in the kennel that you think we should follow? Because I've noticed of late, I've just sort of been <laughs> scrolling through the form guide and a whole lot of Dalbridge youngsters have hit the track and a few of them have been enormous. Do you think, do you think there could be maybe a Jarek Bale or a, a really nice group dog amongst the, the young crop that you've got at the moment? Um, there's, there's probably three or four. Um, well, Langdon Bale is probably the best one. I mean, he's won his first three and... He won at Geelong on last Friday in twenty five seventy first for ever four sixty. So, I mean, he looks like he's got a bright future. Um, there's um, Zoan, Zohan Bale and Valor Bale. They go okay. And another little bitch, um, Ailey Bale. She won at uh, Horsham yesterday. She um, gave the leader a good head start and, and ran over the top of it. it was very impressive. But um, there's. We've got 22 of youngsters of the Bales, and um, I think 10 or 11 have already won a maiden. So oh, nice. Um, it's very nice. And, yes, yeah, a couple of handy ones. Another one that hasn't won a maiden yet, which I really like, and I'm hoping he will go on for better things, is uh, Yachi Bale. Uh, he's very characteristic, and um, 
He's just been stiff. He was a good, huge run at Warnable last Thursday, nearly run down a dog of um, Gibbons's and um, give it, I don't know, five, six length start, I, I think, but ran it down to a head or something. But um, he's another one to sort of follow. I'll tell you what, Lise, that is exactly why we love you on this podcast and the family <laughs> loves you. We asked for one dog to follow. You've given us I five. five. <laughs> <laughs> You're a legend. Good luck. We're cheering for you tomorrow night. All right. Thank you very much. Well, seriously, forget about how bloody good is the bull. How bloody good is Lisa Delbridge? She's given us more than we asked for, and and I think we've got a few greyhounds to follow, and hopefully the listeners can make a couple of dollars moving forward. We'll start with Jarek Bale tomorrow night. Terrific night at racing in town. Until next time, punters, we'll be back with the Saturday night episode out very, very soon. 